Father, we honor you in this place. Lord Jesus, we honor you in this place. Holy Spirit, we honor you in this place. Lord, we thank you that we are not our own. We've been bought with a price. But Father, we were not brought into slavery, but purchased from slavery into life, into freedom, into joy, into righteousness, into a kingdom reality that is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of light. Father, we are new creations. We are new creations in Christ. The old is past, the new has come. Lord, we thank you that the old is not passing away, but it has passed away. Lord, I thank you that we are not becoming a new creation. We are a new creation in Christ, oh God. Lord, we thank you that on the cross you did not say, I have done my part, now you do your part, that you declared it is finished, Lord. We thank you, oh God. For the present reality of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Father, we love you so very much. And you love every person in this room. And I just want to speak and release blessing over you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're hungry for God. Why don't you just reach out and receive Holy Spirit right now? Touch your children, touch your people. Let your face shine upon them, smile upon them. Some of you feeling unworthy to receive that because of what you've done, and there lies one of the great obstacles that we need to remove. It's not about what you've done; it's about who God is and who God is. And what God has done for you. Father, we receive. We receive. We receive. We receive. We receive your goodness. We receive your goodness. We receive your goodness, Lord. Spirit of God, we love you. 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 We love you so very, very much. Father, our desire in this place today, every day, but right here, right now, is not to hear a nice message, but to hear what your Spirit wants to say. And Father, we would ask that you not only confirm what's in our hearts, but even more importantly, that you would just speak what's on your heart. And Father, if it's not yet on our heart, would you place it on our heart? Father, you love it when your people get together. Lord, with this unity, you command a blessing. And I know this place is blessed. I know that everyone in this room is blessed, whether they have a revelation that or not. But I'm asking for your spirit of wisdom and revelation in this place to speak to the many and speak to the individual at the same time. What? We need to hear. Lord, not what we need to hear just to bless us, but to empower us to help other people 
come into this relationship with you. Father, I'm praying over this church right now, prophesying over this church right now that this will be a place, this will be a people individually and corporately that are empowered, called, used by God to break down and remove the many barriers, walls, obstacles that many people in this nation have because of the abuses, because of the religious without the relationship. Father, many people are, Lord, I just sense in my spirit almost like one hurdle, one obstacle away from this relationship with you. And they just need to see someone who walks with God, who knows God's heart, that would reveal God's heart. Not just the Word, but the heart of God. And may this people be their people. May this people be that people that go into their workplaces not to earn a living, not to pay the bills, but to be the heart, the life, the love of Jesus Christ in that place. We sang the words of a song, we are here for you. Did you sing that? We are here for you. We are here for you. And you sang that because you're standing in this place. You're saying, we're here for you. And the Holy Spirit would say, do you have the same conviction, the same posture, the same passion? We are here for you when you're at your job. God is honored when you're here for Him this morning. But God is equally honored when you walk into the door of your place of employment and say, I'm here for you, God. The Bible says we do not serve earthly masters. It says it's not about the employee. Everything we do, whatever we do, in word or deed, everything, it's for the glory of the Lord. Because it is the Lord God you are serving, Colossians 3 says. It is the Lord God you are serving. Some of us are in a place where right now where we almost feel trapped in our employment. God says if you change your perspective, your focus, maybe you'll move from trapped to commissioned. Some of us want to be removed from the very place that God has placed you there because it's so dark that you say, I need to remove, uh, escape from the darkness. But God, if you escape and you're the light and you escape from the darkness, the darkness will remain dark. And God is looking for some people that live beyond themselves, not just waiting to be blessed for yourselves, but to be a blessing. When you go on Monday, when you go on Tuesday, I am going as a sent one. It is time for the people of God to live as sent ones. Jesus sent them out, sent them out, sent them out. He sent out the 70, He sent out the 12. The 120 was sent out. It's about sending out, sending out, sending out, sending out, sending out. We are not filled just to be blessed, but we are filled to overflow, to pour out, to pour out, to pour out, to pour out. How can they hear unless someone goes? How can they hear unless someone speaks? How can they go? Unless they're sent, I'm sending you, I'm sending you, I'm sending you, I'm sending you, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. You want to know what you call of God? I'm sending you. I'm sending you. Today literally can be a day I feel in my spirit right now where some, some of you, and I'm just so gripped in the area of employment. Your perspective change will change things. And I, and I wanted to make it clear what the Spirit of God is saying and what He's not saying. 
He's not saying that some of the, all the circumstances will change. But you know what? Uh, I read the book of Ephesians and Philippians. And man, I read some of these, these scriptures that are so powerful. And rejoice in the Lord always. Come on, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. I, I've learned what it is to have much. And I've learned what it is. And I have little. I, I know what it is to be well fed. And I know what it is to go hungry, Paul said in Philippians 4. I, I know what it is to be on both sides of the equation of life. And I've learned the secret of being content, whatever the circumstance. Because I can do all of this. I can be content wherever I am through Christ who gives me strength and he wrote it from prison oh the spirit of the Lord would say to you right now some of you in the employment where all you want to do is escape your prison your perceived prison is not a place of confinement but your thoughts about it are actually the prison I'm not saying that there's not a person in this room that God doesn't want to move you on to another place. But I'm saying the majority where you are is where you are because you're sent by God. But you've never seen that. And today, I just want to impart in your spirit, you're sent. You're sent. You're sent. You're sent. Well, the keyboard just stays with me. The rest of you guys can... Take a seat at the keyboard. You've already got a seat, so you're going to stay there. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can grab your seat, but don't switch off. I'm not about to move into things. I'm just going to continue flowing in things. Is that cool? Praise God. Good morning, church. It's a privilege and honor to be back with you. I have a word of encouragement and blessing for you. I said to Pastor Greg when I was up before just preparing and just, my preparing is just hanging with God. That's what my preparing is. And my desire is always to be so filled that maybe I just bubble over and you might just catch something. I said in his office, I was sitting, man, just the revelation's flowing. Just God is speaking so much. I could probably speak for days and be a happy man. I won't. But will you allow me and will you open your spirits or keep your spirits open because they're already open? And come on a journey where we just let God say whatever he wants to say. Are you cool with that? Praise God. Praise God. If I pause, I'm not confused. I'm not thinking I've run out of words to say. I'm listening. I really believe what one of Father's greatest questions to you is, are you listening? Those that have the privilege of speaking in any environment, the word of the Lord. Sometimes I fear we 
rely on God more in the prep than we do in the preaching. We hear from God, we rely on God to hear from God, and then when we come, we've got our stuff, and we rely on the stuff, not on the God who gave the stuff. God wants to know, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Can I have that? I'll have it back there, but I don't know if I use it. I want to download a few things. Are we cool? Are you cool just to stay there and flow? Is that cool? Praise God. Praise God. God's given me some clear things to say, but let me start by saying, and I was saying before, before I got highlighted some people to pray for. And by the way, if you were saying, man, I just want an individual word, um, just receive what we're saying as your individual word. Is that cool? Here's the first thing I just feel so stirred in my heart to say to you, that God loves you. I know that. (laughs) I know how much God loves me. Have you ever thought, I know how much God loves me? Because if you do, you're wrong. We can't humanly articulate how much God loves us. It actually says in Ephesians 3 about this love that surpasses our knowledge. And God loves you. But here's the word of the Lord I want to bring to you. Before I say that, does anyone know that God does love them? Not, not a trick question. Do you know God? You might not know how much, but you know that God loves you. you are you grateful for that? This is the first place I want to push into, which I'm feeling God's stirring. God loves you, yes. But he also loves other people, including people you don't like. In fact, the worst sinner by your definition and my definition on the planet, the worst terrorist, the worst rapist, the worst murderer, the worst pedophile, God loves as much as he loves you. That messes me up. The reality is even when I say God loves you, Some of us struggle to accept that because of what we've done. And as I said before, what we've done has always got to be subject to who God is. God's grace is greater than your sin. God's love is greater than your disobedience and your defiance. And sometimes we struggle to accept God's love for us because of what we've done. And that's the reason why when I make statements like I just did, we struggle to accept that God could love them because of what they've done. In the body of Christ and in our lives, we have made too high a value. We've placed too high a value on what we've done and not high enough value on who God is and what He has done. I'm not diminishing your sin. I'm just elevating your God. He must increase, I must decrease. John 3 says, And God loves people. Every person. I remember where I was while ministering when, when Osama bin Laden was killed. And people were celebrating. Because here's someone who caused so much terror in the world. 
and even the church and believers, we're joining the celebration because we don't want the terrorism. And I'm not, I hope you get my heart. I'm not saying this doesn't matter. I'm not saying that again. This highlights our perspective. We go to, hang on, why are you, why are you saying that? No, 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 no. We got to stop focusing on our perspective of other people and try and get God's perspective of people. And when everyone's celebrating, I, I withdrew and I said, Father, what are you feeling? What are you saying? What do you think about the fact that Osama bin Laden has just been killed? And God said, as clear as about and as quickly as anything, He said, my heart breaks because here's someone that I created for relationship and it's my will that none should perish and my heart breaks. God loves people. God loves people. He loved a terrorist named Saul and responded to a prayer of a man named Stephen who was being stoned to death at the feet of Saul. I believe with all of my heart that Saul never would have got saved and been the great apostle Paul who we, we glean from his writings if a man in a desperate situation had taken his eyes off himself and his pain and started praying for the one that was persecuting him. Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Pray for them. Do you have any idea what can happen for those that we pray for that are doing the persecuting? God loves people. God loves people. You doing Okay. Praise God. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to actually let you come and grab a seat. Thank you so much. And I'm going to try and download a couple things. Are you good? There's three things that between this morning and tonight, and they're not... I have no idea what's coming out this morning, what's coming out tonight, so you have to come out tonight. Is that cool? Three things on the heart of God for the rock for you. It's nations. It's prayer. It's prophecy. And I just want to start to lean in this, and the first thing I want to say is that nations are on the heart of God. Nations, and if you agree with me, you feel free to talk back to me. It's okay, you can do that in New Zealand. Um, talk back to this Australian Kiwi mixed up person. Um, God, nations are on the heart of God. You might, mm, hmm. sometimes when we listen to what God is saying, we automatically step into, okay, what do we do with that? Will you do yourself a favor, get away from that, and just let the word of God be planted? And then we go on a journey of Father saying, what does this look like? What does this mean? Let's not get to a destination before the delivery. Let's allow God to download. And, all, and whether this means anything to you, whether uh, this fits into what you think should be coming out of a prophet right now, I just want to say to you that nations are on the heart of God. Nations are on the heart of God. We've just been talking that God loves people. God loves all people. And He loves every other person breathing as much as he loves you, and that is more than we could ever imagine. Nations are on the heart of God. John 3.16, anyone know that scripture? This is probably the most well-known scripture, and it's God so loved the world. God so loved the world. I'm just going to get this in your spirit. I fear not... I fear in a negative sense, but I, 
I've got a concern. And Father is wanting to really bring this into this house right now. That we're not just here for you, but you better believe that it's got to stay our primary thing. But we are also here so that others may encounter you through the fact that I'm seeking you first. Other people that are in your life are in your life to receive life through you. They're not just in your life, they're there to receive life through you. And God says, it's time for us to live beyond ourselves. We're not just there to seek the blessing, we're there to be the blessing. Sometimes we're praying for things and God says, you're the answer to the prayer that you're praying. But we want God to send the answer externally. Sometimes we think if we can bring people to the church, they'll be saved. But how about you, you, where you work and where you live and when you play? And when, how about you, you're the church. How about you be the one that actually connects them to God and actually they come to Christ through you. And when you bring them here, it's not to get saved by the man or the woman of God who have the same Holy Spirit that you've got in you, but you bring them here to celebrate. Because you've been given the ministry of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians says. Do you believe that you've been given the ministry, the full-time ministry of reconciliation? Because that's what the Word of God says. What's reconciliation? I love it. To return to favor with God. How good is that? You think about, I don't know how it works here, but you know, in Australia where you building something and you've got to get permits and it's got to go through the council. You know, you hope that they look favorably upon it. You hope that, that means they're going to accept it, they're going to allow you to do it. And, and this returning to favor with sin caused us to step out of favor with God. But through Jesus Christ, we've been returned to favor with God. We can come boldly to His throne of grace. We can stand in His presence. We can come face to face. What a glorious thing. We couldn't do that unless we were perfect. And we're not perfect in and of ourselves, but perfect. The word complete, as it says in Hebrews chapter 10, is come through the sacrifice of one man and we have been made accepted righteous in a condition worthy of standing and being intimate with God because of Jesus. When God looks at you, if you've accepted Jesus, He does not see your sin, He sees His Son. That's what returned you and I to favour. And God says, now that we've been returned to favour with God, I'm giving you the ministry and the message of reconciliation. Returning people to favour. Returning to people. I fly a lot. And... uh, not like me personally, I don't fly, I fly in planes, uh, just to clarify. Um, although, <laughs> you just snorted, Greg. <laughs> Woo! I, I, can, I can sense a rumbling. <laughs> what was I saying? I fly a lot, and sometimes I bubble over and talk to people on the plane, and I just start to talk... and. The inevitable question, what do you do? What an open invitation for me. Seriously. Let me just chop it up and hand it to you on a plate. Yet many people that may be in similar positions to me might start to share in a way that might put up a barrier because we start to talk about us and what we do. And No, 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 no. When you start to bubble over and delight 
about the goodness of God. When you start to point people to God, he says, I'll draw people to me. And I've actually had people that was, this. I can remember one man, uh, he was in his 30s. He said, I was brought up Catholic. And I'm just talking about the whole thing of, I just love to talk about God and talk about how good God is and connect people with God and just the relationship with God. I was just bubbling, bubbling over. I don't know if you can imagine me bubbling over, but I was bubbling over. And this poor man's trapped, but no, he's trapped. <laughs> Got the privilege of sitting right beside me. And I'm bubbling over. And I remember him saying, and uh, <laughs> he said, uh, I was brought up as a Catholic. I went to church. So I was about 26, 27. Then I discovered that I really didn't like it and it was boring. And I discovered that partying on Saturday night was much more fun than going to Mass on Sunday. And I haven't been at church. But then he made the statement. But if I'd known people like you back then, it would have been a different story. I had that same person say, does the church actually let you talk like this? (laughs) Because it wasn't religious enough. There wasn't enough in it about us and what we've got to do and how good we've got to be. Because last time I checked, the Holy Spirit said, I'll lead you into all truth. My kindness will lead you to repentance. We've got to be careful as believers. We're not trying to do the work of the Holy Spirit. One of the things God said to me a few years ago was, I'm a better Holy Spirit than you are, Steve. I mean, seriously, the nerve. But that takes the pressure off you. In Jeremiah 1, he says, I want you to go wherever I tell you to go. Mm. Okay, I'm getting stirred. I have no idea how long I'm going to go for. Can I have this? Oh, didn't need that part. That's revelation anyway. You can keep it. Um. God, help me. Are you doing okay? If you want something polished and eloquent, go next door because I'm just... I'm just... I just love God more than I can articulate to you. And I want my life to be a signpost. Oh, goodness me. I'm trying to keep up with all that God's saying to me right now. I want to be a signpost. You know that a signpost is never the destination to which the signpost points? In, in, in Australia, I'm in Melbourne... There's the Great Ocean Road, which is an incredible drive, and they've got the 12 Apostle Rocks, and it's just ridiculously beautiful, and there'll be signs pointing to Great Ocean Road. But you don't see people come up to the sign, to the Great Ocean Road, stop there. And you drive back 12 hours later. And no one spends time at the sign. Gracious Road, it's that way. Our lives are not a destination. It's a signpost to the destination. And some of us don't think we've got what it takes in our workplace. You need to understand you've got the same Holy Spirit that I do. And there's a promise. I was reading this this morning. I just felt God take me back to it just now. In Jeremiah 1, you can read this. And it's my life passage. And it's the word of the Lord came to me saying... Before I formed you in the womb, 
This is God speaking, I knew you. How cool is that? Before you were born, I set you apart, made you holy, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Listen to Jeremiah's response. Sovereign Lord, uh, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a child. I don't know what to do, and I'm only this. Your calling might be different. And I know we're talking calling, Pastor Greg's book and stuff, the calling is, and we're all called to love him and what we do, but in the context of this, what you're assigned to do might be different to what I'm assigned to do. But I wonder if when God assigns something to us, including right now in this place, I'm, I'm calling you to be sent ones into your workplace and to actually be the signpost that connects people with God. I wonder if at times we, we actually answer something similarly. I don't know what to speak. I don't know what to do. And I'm only a child. But then God responds and says, but the Lord says, don't say that. Don't say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone that I send you to and say whatever I command you. Don't be afraid of them. For I am with you. How good is that? And I will rescue you. And I will rescue you. That part I don't like quite so much. Because I had a thought this morning, you don't need rescuing unless you need rescuing. God says, will you go for me even if you need rescuing? Or only when it's all going to work work out? I was on the way to ministry. And if anything comes out of me that comes out of me another time, and you go, he said that before, I don't know what I said yesterday, so just take it a second time. But I remember I was on the way to ministry, um, driving in Melbourne, and I stopped, as you do, along the way to eat. And I was in there, and I was in the queue to get order something. I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, as clear as a bell, go to that lady. And tell her this. And it was something about the love of God. And I stood there like a great man of God going, really? And God said, go. So she got her stuff. I got my stuff. I walked up to her and I said, hey. And I, and I tried to be very non-spooky about this. <laughs> Hello. No. <laughs> Would you buy ice creams from this man? Um, okay, spirit of anointing, get out. Um, and I went up to her, and I said to her, I, I just introduced myself just very casually, and I said what God said, and it was really nice, and I expected to see the heavens part. The angels start singing. Light shine down. She got saved, revival. And people said I was in this... Next, Smith Wigglesworth or something. I, I, I'm not sure what I expected. But in the middle of that place with people around, she turned around and abused me. And she told me what for. I was standing there with my burger, <laughs> holding back the tears. She walked off. I walked off like a dog with a tail between his legs. <laughs> no lie. This is exactly what happened. And I sat down. And the first words out of my mouth were, God... What just happened? And he says, will you obey me? And speak about me. Only when it works out how you think it should. 
or when this happens. And I, go, I said, God, I'll, I'll do it regardless of the outcome. I wonder if we'll be that people. Maybe you've been rejected before and you said, I'm not going again. I want to come and say, go again. We shouldn't negatively anticipate future based on past negative experiences. That said, it might happen again. But will you go again? I'm not saying this is easy, but he says, he says in this, you're saying I can't do this, uh, I'm only a child. And he says, I want you to go wherever I say, I want you to speak whatever I speak. I'm with you and I'll, I will rescue you. And this is the part I want to say, and I haven't even started on my notes, but that's okay. Hey? Um, then the Lord reached out his hand. I love this, I love this, I love this. Oh, Greg and Danny, Danny, I love this. The Lord reached out his hand and he touched my mouth and he said, now I have put my words in your mouth. I don't know what to speak. God says, I'll put them in your mouth. I'll put them in your mouth. I wonder if we've at times made Church meetings a little bit too structured and too sanitized and too programmed and too let's get through the run sheet. I'm just here to hang out with God and hang out with you. And I'm loving this. Are you, are you okay? God is so incredibly good. And I just want to encourage you that nations are on God's heart for God so loved the world. And he's looking for a people that will live beyond the south. If you say, God, I want to go as a sent one. I need to know what you want me to say. And your heart is genuine. God will place his words in your mouth. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, nations. Let me just go down here. Go with me to Matthew 28. 16 to 20, Matthew 28, 16 to 20. It's funny, Rochelle sent me an email during the rink and said, have you got any scriptures? I said, I've got some that I think might be there. And I sent them through, but I said, I really have no, cannot give you any guarantee, but that will be the flow of what we'll do. She goes, that's okay, we're used to that, we go, Greg. But I think I gave you this one. Praise God. This pulpit is very upright. <laughs> this could get painful after a while. Uh, Matthew. Oh, I'm feeling happy in the house of God. I'm just going to give you this one. Thank you. You might want to put the other part back in. Uh, Matthew. I might need it one day. Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. They went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, because they were at the place where he told them to go, they worshipped him. My question to you is, have you gone to where Jesus has told you to go? 
Are you in the place that God wants you to be? Are you using the gifts that God has given you to use? Are you doing the thing that God spoke into your heart for some of you 10, 20 years ago that he told you to do? Sometimes we want to just see God, we want to experience God, and he would say to you today as a believer, are you where I want you to be? Hmm. This is for someone in this room right now. But God, I, the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. I might not have done exactly what you told me to do. I haven't gone where you told me to go. I, I might not have done that because I was afraid, because it wasn't a good time for my family, because finances weren't there, because I had fear, whatever the reason might be. But I've given, I, I've done other things for you. And God says, you know, to obey is better than to sacrifice. Are you where God's told you to go? Are you doing what God's told you to do? Freedom comes not when we do what we want, but when we do what he asks us to do. Will it always be easy? No. But again, why have we in modern Christianity made it about ease and comfort and how we feel? It's about God's will. It's about God loving people. Nations are on the heart of God. And when they went to the place where Jesus told them to go, they saw him. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Isn't that good news? Come on, the enemy's been defeated. God has been given, uh, Jesus got given all authority. The Father gave it to him. He's got all authority. Every name over every name over everything. Read Ephesians 1. But it says in Luke 10, 19, it's not up there. This is just, this is coming, so don't try. Luke 10, 19, that God says, I've given you authority over all the enemy's powers. So Jesus said, I've got, been given all authority. And then he says, tag, you're it. I'm going to give you my authority. You jump down to the end in verse 20. He says, and lo, I am with you always. You've got my power. You've got my presence. And in between, he says, now go. And I want to say to you, if you're a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, you've got God's power and you've got God's presence. Now go. Overwhelmingly quiet. And he says, go and make disciples of all nations. I'm just speaking about the fact that nations are on the heart of God. I believe the nation of New Zealand is on the heart of God. I believe that. Does anyone in New Zealand believe that? I truly believe that the nation of New Zealand is on the heart of God. And I believe this is its time to encounter God. Do you believe that, church? Come on, stir up your faith. I believe that nations... You might not understand fully what I'm saying. What does this look like? It doesn't matter. Come into agreement because nations are on the heart of God. Go and make disciples of nations. Don't go into nations and make individual disciples, but actually disciple a nation, immerse a nation into the culture of the kingdom of God. Go and make disciples. I felt prompted, and I did. I was born in New Zealand, so I'm actually not a complete whatever. Um, I'm actually one of you. Some of you are going, God, no. I lived here till I was 19 and then moved to Australia. And God just brought back as he's starting to speak to me that nations are on the heart of God. He, he just brought back our national anthem. And I felt, go, and I don't know if you've gone through the verses and thought about them but let me read our national anthem which is the greatest national anthem 
on the planet. But God actually wants to speak prophetically through this right now. And I, I, all I'm doing, imagine a big banqueting table. I believe what God is calling me to do today, this morning and tonight, and it's just going to be one thing, all right? So you need to come tonight. Is place a whole bunch of things on the table that God will lead you to, okay, we need to lean into that. We need to pick up that. What's Father saying here? But this is the, the opening words of our national anthem is God of nations. Nations are on the heart of God. Individuals are, but nations are. And nations are because nations are comprised of many individuals. It's not just about the collective. It's always about the individual. But the individuals make up the collective and nations. New Zealand is on the heart of God. God cares about what happens in New Zealand. God cares about New Zealand. Thank you. One of us believes it. God of nations at thy feet. Come on. This is our national anthem. This is unbelievable. But this God is speaking to this is the posture of a nation that is best. God of nations, the starting point is we're at your feet. We're not, it's not God of nations. This is what we want. It's God of nations, the starting point. We're at your feet and worship and reverence and humility. God of nations, at thy feet, in the bonds of love, we meet when we get together, let it be, in the bonds of love, that which unites us. Come on. Hear our voices. We entreat prayer, supplication. God of nations, we're at your, Lord, we can't do this. This nation cannot be great on the works of men, on the works of women. It is not our smarts, our intelligence, our technology that will make us great. It's God Almighty that will make this nation great. And we come and we bow down unless we humble ourselves and pray and cry out for this nation. God, we're here and we're at your feet. We need you. Hear our voices, we entreat. And I love the fact that when we pray, God hears. Spurgeon said, when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. And God, hear our voices. How much do you pray for New Zealand? How much do you individually pray for this nation, declare the blessing of God, ask for the grace of God, ask for the mercy of God, ask for the revelation of God, ask for the transformation, ask for the saving of a nation. Acts 2.8 says, ask me, says God, I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. But we're not asking for him because we think that sounds too big. And we, who am I? Who am I? It's not who am I, it's who is he? And he's looking for some people that will pray bigger prayers and some more just non-inward focused prayers. Too many of our prayers about us and what we want. How much do we pray for our nation? Church, how much in your prayer meetings is focused on the nation? Hear our voices. We entreat. God defend our free land. God Pacific's triple star from the shafts of strife and war. Make her praises heard afar. Come on, God of nations at your feet here. Hear our voices. Make your praises heard afar. Is that what you want for this nation? People are, man, what is happening in New Zealand? Not because they're leading in, in, in technology, not because we've got Lord of the Rings, but we've got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Make her praises heard afar. 
Whose praises? The God of nations. The nations, the God of nations. I want to declare right now into the realm, the spiritual realm in New Zealand, that New Zealand belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Men of every creed and race, gather here before thy face. I don't know if you've really thought about how much this points to God. You know, men of every creed and race, gather here before thy face, before thy face. The reason we're gathered here before God. Asking thee to bless this place. Too many Christians are praying against what is wrong and not enough praying for God's kingdom to come. When it talks about your enemies, God does not say pray against what they're doing. Pray that they will stop. In your workplace, in this nation, we should not be primarily praying against sin, but praying for and outpouring Remember what I said before, Stephen, getting the first martyr, being literally stoned to death. That's not a good day for anybody, literally being stoned to death. I can't start to fathom that. And there's a man named Saul standing there. He does not pray that they will stop. He does not pray for his own relief. He says, God, don't hold this against them. Bless them, God. Don't smite them right now. Don't take them right now. They need to know your mercy and your grace and your goodness and your love and we have the benefit of the apostle Paul because a man says I'm not going to just pray for my comfort I'm going to pray for those that persecute how much are we praying for our nation bless it Lord bless it Lord bless it Lord bless it Lord Matthew 21, verse 13, I think it is. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Anyone ever heard that? I, 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 pray, we, I pray God's speaking. Jesus said, the identification mark of my church will be prayer. And I believe in the body of Christ. I need you to hear me. I believe in the body of Christ. The church has been known, become known for many awesome things. A place of worship, a place of the word, a place of belonging, a place of fellowship, a place of going, a place of giving, a place of discipleship, a place of missions. And Jesus said, that's all wonderful. But I said, the identification mark of my church will be a house of prayer. It will be called, known, identified. The first thing that comes into people's mind when they think about the church should be there are praying people. I believe God is restoring prayer to his people and to his church. When God was starting to speak this to me, I was driving down the road in Melbourne. And I'm driving past down the road and I drove past the church. The Spirit of God said to me so clearly, what is that? So it's a place of worship. A place of the word, a place of belonging. It's a, it's a place of fellowship. It's a place of giving. It's a place of going. It's a place of growing. And as I drove down the road, the next thing I drove past was a mosque. And the Spirit of God said to me, What's that? And I said, oh my gosh, that's a place of prayer. I need you to listen to me right now. 
Then the Spirit of God said this to me. The counterfeit can only move in when there's a void in God's intention. Jesus said, my house is called to be a house of prayer. My house, my house is to be the place that people drive, that's a place of prayer. But because we become a place of everything but prayer, the counterfeit said, ah, we can move in and sabotage God's attention. I believe Jesus Christ is saying across the earth, can we get back to my assignment, my identification mark? We open in prayer. We sprinkle prayer on top. We have meetings where we get together to strategize. And Jesus said, hang on. Hang on. Mm-mm. God, help me to download this. I wonder if many times we're praying from our agenda and our will or functioning from our agenda and our will because we haven't taken time to hear his agenda, his will. Your business meetings should be prayer meetings. Your elders meetings should be prayer meetings. Your corporate gatherings, prayer should be foundational. But in the body of Christ, we've stepped into a thing of, but hang on, we can't just, we, we, need, we need to do what God's told us to do. Okay, my house will be called a house of prayer. That's what I told you to do. Again, are we trying to take on the role of the Holy Spirit? I sat in a meeting a few years back where Dr. Yongi Cho, anyone heard of him? I sat in a meeting with him speaking. For those that don't know Dr. Yongi Cho, he's not now, but he was at the time the, the senior pastor of the largest church in the world in Korea. There was over 800,000 people in one church. Now, pastors and leaders, <laughs> no disrespect, people, but when you have a church, there are issues. Not you, the person a couple seats down and a couple rows back. That. I'm talking about them, not you. And they're not the issue. They just have issues, just to clarify, just so no one, I don't get letters sent. But my point is this. I'm figuring, and I've been a pastor before, with a couple hundred people, and there were things at elders meeting we needed to discuss. I'm figuring that with 800,000 people, there's some issues to discuss. And probably just on the senior leadership team. <laughs> but as I said in this meeting with Dr. Yongi Cho, and he's talking about prayer because full gospel assembly is known for prayer. You know they have prayer mountain, which can accommodate 10,000 people living in for the sole purpose of praying, and it's continually full. The largest church in the world is known as a place of prayer. And we say it doesn't work. But I sit in this meeting and he says, pastors, elders, he says, your elders meetings should be prayer meetings. But you've made them business meetings. 
He says, when we get together as elders, and I'm thinking about the amount of problems, he goes, we pray. And then we pray some more. And then we pray until God says, okay, you can stop praying now. And then the business takes 40 minutes. Can I say God's way works? God's way works. He's calling us to be a house of prayer. I'm going to finish this morning with a couple more things on prayer and we'll see what happens tonight. Is that cool? I I pray God has been speaking to you individually but to you as a church. I wonder if I could have the keyboard player back. I wonder if I don't need this anymore. Um, Maybe we can remove this. That'd be great. I'll keep that. Will you guys stay with me just for a few more minutes? Is that cool? And that's a few more of my minutes, so I'm not sure how long those few. <coughs> few. It's not really a specific number. Um, nations are on the heart of God. New Zealand's on the heart of God. I believe you as a church, God would say, what nations have I assigned to the rock? He says, ask me and I'll give you Nations. I'm asking you, pastors and leaders, to ask God what nations are on your heart for us to go and disciple. I'm asking you as individuals, who does God want you to go to as a sent one? But in these last few minutes here, this morning at least, I just want to talk for a few more minutes about prayer because the reality is we can hear my house should be called a house of prayer. We say, you know what? I've got to do more than that. I mean, I pray and really, what's a prayer all about? I'm going to pray that what I'm about to share with you in these last few minutes, the Spirit of God brings revelation and you have an aha moment. Would anyone be there to say, God, speak to me now? If you do, speak it out of your mouth, life and death in your tongue. Speak to me now. Show me what prayer actually does. That's what we need to know. Because otherwise, praying and being a praying church will be something we have to do, we need to do. I want to tell you right now, you don't have to pray. You get to pray. You don't have to talk to the God of the whole universe. You get to talk to the God of the whole universe. You don't have to acknowledge Him in all your ways. And He says, I will direct your path. You get to acknowledge Him. You get to not stumble around in the dark. I don't have to. I get to. But I just want to, how many people sang that song, all of God's promises are yes and amen. I need you to just really lean into what I'm about to say. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, let me quote, oh God, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. I say that because I so need it. Genesis 1 says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the word God there is plural. 
in the Hebrew, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were all involved. But I need you to hear me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void and darkness was on the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Has anyone ever had kids? And have you ever been in conversations? We're in conversation. And your little child comes and starts to tug. Dad, Dad, just wait a moment. I'm talking. Just Dad, Dad, Dad. Just, just a minute. I'm talking. I'm talking. What are they doing? They are hovering. And how many people know they ain't leaving until they get what they came for? The Spirit of God was hovering. What's he doing? Oh, that continue my shoe left was too loose um, the, the spirit is hovering I'm not I've got something I need to do but I'm, I've been told to wait mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the spirit mm, let me start over here I'm about to get tired. The Father is always the initiator. Not the Son, not the Holy Spirit. God the Father so loved the world, He sent His Son. Jesus, I don't do anything unless what my Father tells me to do. Ephesians, God the Father raised Him up and seated Him in the heavenly places. No one knows the day or the hour, only the Father, not even the Son, because He's going to send them. The Father initiates. It's God's will, the Father's will that none should perish. Are you with me? Father says, this is what I want. This is what I want. And this is what happened in the beginning. Father goes, "Mm, I would like light. Because He initiates. I want light. Wasn't the Son, wasn't the Holy Spirit. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. The Father, I want light. I want light. You got over here, Holy Spirit. Father wants light. He initiates My role is to bring into reality what Father initiates. Jesus went around healing all who were sick and oppressed because the Holy Spirit was on Him. Everything that Jesus did as a man when the healing came was the Spirit of God because Father says, by uh, the Father's will is that people are healed and whole. And the, and the Spirit knew that. And there was a willing vessel and the Spirit of God moved through Him and brought into existence what Father has initiated. Are you with me? So we've got Father goes, I want light. I want light. You've got Holy Spirit saying, all right. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. What is he hovering? What's he waiting for? He cannot go because there is an order in God. We don't have to understand it. It just exists. And the Spirit cannot bring into existence what the Father has initiated until the Word said, let there be lights. The Son, I'm going somewhere. Let there be. Let it be. Amen. Light. Hmm. Father, I want light. Spirit, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to do the Father's will. I'm ready. Let it be. Holy Spirit, bring it into reality. Now listen to this. We sang all of God's promises a yes and amen. We think that's what God's going to do it. The actual scripture quoted, please listen to me. 
2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. I'm almost done. Please listen. For no matter how many promises God has made, and there's so many, I, I want to I heal people. I want to set people free. I want to save people. I want to give them righteousness, peace, and joy. I want to take away worry and anxiety and fear. I want to do, have you any idea how many promises God has given us? He says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Listen, listen, listen. They are yes in Christ and through Him. Watch. The amen, let it be, is spoken by us to the glory of God. Let me tell you what your prayers do. Your prayers, when you come into agreement with what Father has initiated, releases the Holy Spirit to bring into existence what Father initiated. And your prayers today actually step into the same place as the Son of God in creation. Prayers don't do anything. Father says, it's my will that none should perish. Don't build a doctrine on this, but it's my personal persuasion that no one gets saved unless someone's prayed. Saul got saved because Stephen prayed. Now he didn't need to know, is it Father's will? Father's already, it's God's will that none should perish. Stephen didn't save Saul. The Spirit of God revealed Jesus. But the Spirit of God was released, listen, to reveal Jesus because a man stepped into the let it be. Let revelation flow. Let blessing flow. When you pray, you release the Holy Spirit to bring into existence what the Father has initiated. Did that make sense or did that? Is that clear? You might say, but I haven't seen the results. Come on. We can't be results-based. We've got to be obedience. Sometimes when we pray for people and they don't get healed, we go, what did I do wrong? Hang on, last time I checked, it's God who heals, not us. We judge, oh, we judge the success of our prayers by the result of our prayers, yet it's God who does the result. God doesn't judge the result of our prayers by the result of our prayers, but by the fact that we prayed. Nations are on the heart of God. New Zealand's on the heart of God. But prayer is birthed in the heart of God. And I want to leave with you that God wants you to be a praying church. We get to be a praying church. I truly believe that if you and other churches around this nation got together regularly and just started to pray for this nation, that something will shift and change. Often when we have church prayer meetings, we pray for our church. We pray for the ministries in the church. We pray for what we do. We pray for the finances. We pray for the growth. We pray for discipleship. Am I saying that's wrong? No. Do it, do it, do it, do it. But how much time is spent praying for the nation, for the lost? How much time do we spend praying, God, I'm going to work this week. God, I pray for Joe. I pray for Sam. I pray for Martha. Father, I pray that they'll come into an encounter with you. Would you use me? 
Would you give me the words to speak? I speak salvation over my workplace. As I go and give me every place that my feet shall tread, God, give it to me. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you go with the conviction that you walking into the room is no different than Jesus walking into the room because he's in you. He's in you. He's in you. In this, in you. In this world, we're like Jesus, 1 John 4, 70. I really encourage you to come back tonight and let's just hang out with God. I want to talk about the prophetic a little bit. I'm not sure I will, but I I would like to talk about the prophetic a little bit. God is so good. You know our greatest need? Think, Think about Him more and us less. Some of you are sitting here in this room, even right now, and there's an internal resting. Okay, here that, that sounds great, but don't let your butts keep you from God's best for you and through you. We're told to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but too many times it's the mind that's keeping us from stepping in. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. It comes from hearing, hearing by the word of God. I can give you countless examples in my life, of prayers that have not been answered as I thought they would. And so can the person sitting on either side of you. That's not the point. Stop focusing. The fact that the Bible says, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And I've laid hands on many sick people and they haven't recovered. Doesn't mean that God is not a healer and that God is not true to his word. It just means that I see in part, I know in part, I'm, I'm a created human being and I don't fully understand the ways of God. It actually doesn't say anything about God's goodness. Otherwise, we're limiting and lowering God to the level of our understanding. He doesn't live in the realm of our understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding because your understanding, your own understanding, many times keeps you away and out of the best of God. Stand with me for a moment. Stand with me for a moment. I just feel there's a, just, there's a hunger right now across this place. So I want you to reach out to God and I'm asking Holy Spirit of the living God, Lord, we love you with all of our hearts, but we do not want to be selfish people of God that live just for the blessing of ourselves. Lord, there is a nation, the nation of New Zealand, that was, Lord, this is your nation, oh God. We declare New Zealand belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we cry out for the nation of New Zealand. Lord, we're crying out for a revelation of the truth of who you are. Would you shine your light? Would you bring salvation? Would you bring healing? Would you bring your grace? Pour out your grace. Come on, church. Pour out your grace. Pour out your mercy, almighty God. Come on, church. Pray for this nation. Oh, God, those that are in my workplace this week, oh, God, where I maybe have even been a part of the problem, Lord, I want to be a part of releasing the promise and the blessing and the favour, oh, God. Lord, would you pour out your spirit? Would you pour out your spirit? Would you pour out your spirit? Bring revelation, we pray. Bring revelation of truth. Father, I'm praying for a fresh, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, a fresh revelation of what each person's prayer does in the spirit realm. When I come into agreement, oh, Holy Spirit is released. May this church be a powerhouse 
of prayer. A powerhouse of prayer. A powerhouse. A powerhouse of prayer. I prophetically declare a powerhouse of prayer. A powerhouse of prayer. You as an individual, a powerhouse of prayer. Do you not know that you are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, of the living God who lives in you? When you pray, God moves. When you pray, God moves. Go again, go again, go again, man of God. Go again, woman of God. Shake off disappointment. Shake off those those times when things haven't happened. Your past does not dictate your future. God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. See, I'm doing a new thing. See, I'm doing a new thing. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on those things that happened or did not happen, says the Lord. Do not be shackled to. Do not be imprisoned by. Do not be buried in. What has or has not been, I declare today is a new day. Now the Spirit of the Lord would say, what will you do with what you've heard today? Because even the Word can fall on good soil, but then the cares of life and wealth and distractions can take it and rob it away. But it was good soil when they rejoiced, they, they were glad. I declare we are not those people. We are not those people. We are not those people. Father, we we're asking you to speak to the individual and to the corporate. What do you want us to pick up from this banqueting table? From this feast that, Lord, you've just been lavishing upon us this morning. And when you speak, we say yes. We say yes. We say yes. We talk about not being yes people, but when it comes to God, I pray we are yes people. It's not we understand and say yes, we yes. We say yes, and then we move with obedience. And I've discovered I don't want to burst your bubble. Sometimes you will never understand. It's not about understanding. It's about hearing and obeying. Hearing and obeying. Does anyone have a yes, Lord, in your spirit? Anyone have a yes, Lord? Come on. Just say yes. What am I saying? I'm, I'm, uh, see, you might say, what am I saying yes to? You're not saying yes to a thing. You're saying yes to Lord. You're saying yes to God Himself. The word Lord means supreme in authority, supreme in authority, supreme in authority. Too many times we want God to be a Savior, but not to be a Lord. He's Lord and Savior, Lord and Savior, Lord and Savior. Bless your people. Bless your people. Bless your people. I hand back to Pastor Greg, but I just I just sort of encourage you to come tonight, bring some people tonight. Let's let's feast on what God's saying. God bless you. I wish I could give you all a hug and just say God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. I wish I could download his spirit, his not his spirit, but his intention to you, but I pray that you'll lean in to whatever God said to you today. Thank you guys so much for having me. I look forward to seeing you tonight.